I'm WSB's Herman Kane and depend on this. Whenever and wherever there's breaking news, severe weather alert, or a traffic red alert, the WSB 24-hour breaking news center will tell you about it. News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB, depend on it. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Here with the post-primary show, I am the token New Yorker also on WSB, and it was the New York primary. And I'm going to give you a feel for uh, that. Trump is running away with it with 60% of the votes and uh, at least 89 out of the 95 delegates. Clinton is also beating Sanders with a 15-point margin. She got 57-plus of the votes, percent of the vote, and Sanders got 42 percent of the vote uh there's a it's funny because in new york uh, being a republican i i my family i'm a libertarian hardcore libertarian uh that's all there is to it my parents were like barry goldwater conservatives so they were not neoconservatives they did not like uh gerald ford or the bushes but Reagan seemed promising and Barry Goldwater was their kind of guy. But it was funny because when I was growing up, I never knew another family that that voted Republican outside of my family. And it was like a running joke because they would say, oh, we always know who's going to lose by looking at the bumper sticker that your dad puts on the front door. He's put a bumper sticker on the front door. And uh, and it would even be not just the general election, but in the primary. He would always pick the wrong guy in the primary, too. Because, I mean, I remember he had Alan Keyes was his pick in the primary one year. And uh, that was clearly not going to be a winner. So he is kind of the old school traditional conservative. But I remember the first time I met somebody whose family voted Republican. It was a girl. I'd switched to public high school and got into the whatever, like um, smart class or something. (laughs) And this girl sitting next to me, she fessed up. And I just remember distinctly she's the only other person. I mean, that is how Democrat New York is. But I guess the Republican, you know, the primaries matter, obviously, this year, even though they're kind of late because of this, all this, um, all the hype, all the bother that's going on around this, this election campaign. And it's only going to get worse because I just read that the New York uh, delegate selection process for the first time in decades doesn't allow the Republican to pick or um, approve of the delegate, the actual human beings who are going to the convention, whereas it always did work that way. It still works that way for the Democrats. But in this case, uh, well, I don't know what happened. They decided to change the rule last year. And that's the kind of stuff that makes me think this is a scripted reality show. But let me know what you think. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. I, even though I think it's scripted, I don't know what the script says. I think I know what the season finale is going to say, and it's going to be Hillary wins, which is, uh, you know, I'm not happy about it, but I just think that's what is going to happen. But I really have no sense of what's going to happen at the convention. I assume Trump's going to walk away with it one way or another. Uh, let me know what you think. If you have a real hunch of what's going to happen, 404 872 one eight hundred WSB Talk. I'm going to Bob in Gainesville. Hi, Bob. You're on with Monica. Oh, hi, Monica. 
How are you doing? Um, well, and you? Good, thank you. Oh, good. A moment ago, you said that Ron Paul was too extreme to fall into the Overton window. If I could ask a favor of you, please don't align yourself with that media distortion of saying that Ron Paul was extreme, because it is not extreme to suggest that we adhere to constitutional principles. And that is essentially what Ron Paul... That is Paul, true. That was what he was all about. And today, though, if you accept the media grid, that is a very extreme position. And it's not yes. extreme. It should be the mainstream. Yes, and he would say that. I remember... I believe it was Michelle Malkin. I don't want to disparage her if it's not true, but I think it was her. She said that Ron Paul had no business being up on that stage, and people had said that to him. And he made your argument, which was, since when is defending the Bill of Rights and the Constitution? I mean, that's all he would say. Yeah. It's like, let's just, you have to have a declaration of war. And they'd be like, oh, you're crazy. You just need to, as Newt Gingrich said, kill him. <laughs> it's like, Okay. Yes, you're right. You're right. It, but I would say that his package, his position, uh, was too too principled to fall within the Overton yeah. window, yeah. as we're led to believe it. See, that's what I'm saying. I actually thought that, but then I looked. This is how I figured out that, or why I think the Overton window isn't real, or is a media construct, because Ron Paul did not respect it. But Rand Paul made compromises in order to fall into yeah. the Overton window, and he lost the support of his father. And that's my convincer there, well, that the Overton window is not a real phenomenon. It's a media construct, because well, they just, they wouldn't, they, it, w it would, Ron Paul could have won, but for them actually actively working against him. It wasn't a voter problem. Well, I voted for Ron Paul even when he wasn't on the ballot. But Rand Paul, I just, you know, the, the more I listened to him, the more I felt I wasn't hearing the real person. I mean, I have no right to demand that he reflect the views of his father. And so I tried to listen to him independently, but I really wanted him to reflect the views of his father. I, mean, I think those are his views. I think that what he did, and I actually decided not to fault him for it, and it did fail, and I'm sure he'll, oh, I assume he learned his lesson, but I think he said, okay, Dad, you got as far as somebody could go on principle, whether it's because the media or not, let me see if I can't compromise with the establishment and be treated, you know, maybe have a fighting chance. I'm going to try what you wouldn't try. Let's see if it works. And it was a horrible failure, which is great that it was a horrible failure, because what you don't want is for the compromise position to be attractive. Yes. yes. It, that, that justifies the whole establishment of Republican Party then, because that's their philosophy. You know, we've got to move to the middle. The only voters that count are the moderates, the middle of the road. And so we've yeah. got to do whatever we have to do. We'll compromise. I said, but you can't compromise. It's not yours to compromise. But here's the funny thing. The compromise is Ron Paul, except for instead of the compromise of the liberal fascist center, which is, okay, you want welfare, we want warfare, let's do both. He says, let the compromise be Thomas Jefferson's compromise. You want welfare, you want warfare, let's have neither. Yeah. So it is a compromise position. It's just uh, it's not the one that comes with money and power. Like, uh, you know, why would anyone support that in power? Anybody in the media, anybody in politics? Well, you would ask for predictions. And uh, after the first of the year, you would ask for predictions. Yeah. And I predicted at that time that uh, I wasn't really focused on the primary. I just said, I believe when I see the passion that, that – uh, 
Donald Trump is stirring up, that I just I believe he's going to win the presidency. I said, but he could undo it. I mean, because, you know, he does put his foot in his mouth all the time, and his diehard supporters don't seem to mind that. But, I mean, when he came out and said, you know, that he would not, he was not clear at all about, you know, should women be punished for getting an abortion? And then uh, the interviewer says, well, then should it be, what, 10 years? And instead of saying, well, no, that's just foolish, that's stupid, he says, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't thought about it. I don't know what the punishment should be, but they need to be punished. I think, you know, now a lot of moderate women, especially whose husbands are maybe sort of extremists, you know, angry. Let's just throw all the bums out. Trump will go up there and just clean house. Those women, I think, backed off. I think he has possibly hurt himself irreparably now. And of course uh, see, he does. I, I, don't, I don't buy into... I think that what's going on is he says things that he knows, and I really think he's got... It looks like he just is off the cuff. I think whether off the cuff plays right into it or people tell him what to do, I think he knows that there's a big segment of the population that will just always love him for seeming not PC, for not playing along with the thought control thing. But I honestly believe that his role, he knows it, is to be there for Hillary to win. And I only think that because there is positively no other explanation for CNN to give him 25 times more coverage than all other GOP candidates combined. That was in December when it was still a hot race. I mean, why would they do that if there's only one reason? But anyway, we shall see what happens. Thank you, Bob. I'm going to Brian in Peachtree City. Hi, Brian. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. Greetings from another this place, New Yorker. How are you? Oh, I wondered if I'd get any New Yorkers. Good. You oh, know, you yeah. cannot lose the accent. It no, just won't go uh, away. You're, you're my age. You even moved down here in your 40s. It's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. And that's okay, because I think people like it. They they accept it anyway. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Enjoy the show. I just wanted to make a quick point. I do believe you are correct that the Republicans would be quite fine with Donald being the nominee, because they're under the impression that he's going to get lumped. I'm not quite there with you on that. I think his support may be deeper, not so much on on uh, an issue or principled kind of position, but I think a, a, a lot of people are just so fed up, and they're willing to roll the dice. I kind of look at this election as, uh, if it's Russian roulette, all six... All six chambers in a revolver or Hillary are all loaded. Yeah, Donald maybe two. So I think people are willing to spin spin the. Uh, spin I mean, that's how I feel. If I had to choose between them, I would rather have him for one reason and one reason alone. If she's in office. She is going to make government bigger and more deadly in four years than he could ever accomplish in eight. Oh, it's just, I agree. I it's going to go I bad we, fast. You know, we know we know her track record. She's a known quality. I mean, and Donald she's is- good at it. You think she isn't because she gets so much heat, but she got Libya done. She's going to go back into Libya. And you know what I mean? Like she's she knows how to keep the the people, the protesters on the left silent. For the same policy. Uh, you know what's, you know what's going to be intriguing, Monica, and I, I want to get your quick take before you, I guess, take another call. Uh, what do you think is going to happen as far as this FBI investigation with her? I, I, don't, I, it, it, I don't think it's going to go anywhere or whatever happens, it's not going to be a deal breaker for her. The only thing that really matters 
is if it's a deal breaker, if it means that she's not going to be able to get elected right, or whatever. Right. And that would mean, I would assume, a felony hit. She would have to actually cop to a felony, which she'll never do. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it's going to happen. I, I, I'm retired law enforcement, so I kind of look at this kind of skeptically. I think the FBI, I think Comey is a straight shooter. I don't think uh, Lynch will be. I think he may present uh, a viable case, and they'll 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 squash it. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to come come to anything. You could say it's because she was Secretary of State, and if you remember FileGate. You'll know that she collects dirt on everybody as a rule, but I actually think the rabbit hole is a little deeper with email gate, and I think it was a setup, uh, like a limited hangout, to make us think that we're peeking behind the curtain. And the fact that her emails were not full of instructions from her friend, that Rothschild chick, or George Soros, or Warren Buffett, or David Rockefeller, the fact that it wasn't full of marching orders makes us think she's not as bad as I thought she was. But I think she is that bad. So I think that thing was a limited hangout. This is Monica Perez. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Talking about the New York primary. It's uh, Trump and Hillary are running away with it. Getting most of the delegates, and but still Trump would have to get, I think, more than 50% of the remaining delegates to have an uncontested convention. I'm going to Mike in Athens. Mike, you're on with Monica. Okay, I'm pulling over right now so I can speak thoroughly. This is a rather important phone call. I'm a reporter. My life may end after I tell this story, and I wish I was kidding. Last night, my wife and I were in North Carolina, and we were YouTubing. And I found some intel that is rather alarming. I'm only going to tell the facts because I don't have much time. They could shut off all kinds of alarming things. Five o'clock on Friday, Obama secretly made a law where he could make laws on his own. He then enabled the act that was there for safety. Bush is scared. Everyone's scared. Here's what he did. He now can shut off everything. I mean, he owns it all. That martial law thing. The thing that all of us in radio know is there could go off any second now, so I don't have much time. I I'm don't know. Chicago. I don't in radio know. Hold on a second. I don't I, know what you're talking about, that thing going off. But thorough. I think, I'm hold radio. on. Yes, I ma'am. think that the, I think Nixon put in the executive orders, and everybody since then has put in the executive orders to be able to basically shut down communications and everything. You're right. It's been there for a long time. Got but it. this is it. They've been building up for this moment. May I finish, please? Yeah, good. Okay, so up in China right now. You have one minute, though, I have to say. I know, I'm going to get it out quick so you can't interrupt, please. Right now, <laughs> Obama is smoking us out the butt, and I'm sorry I said that, but I must finish quickly. There are Chinese troops in Alaska about to come in. He has initiated some satanic rituals that you must go on YouTube and find. You I wish can't I say stuff like that, Mike. There, You can't scare people like that. There are troops coming. No, 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 no. Uh, I <laughs> appreciate your earnestness, but I don't think uh, that's really happening. If if it is, you could uh, email me on my website, and I'll check it at the break. And this happens to me sometimes. It happens to me uh, a while back. Somebody said, oh, Friday, Obama signed this executive order implementing Jade Helm or something like that. And I was like, really? Because I read about the executive orders he signed on Friday, and that wasn't one of them. But it's, uh, and it wasn't. 
So I try not to fall for the scare, the scare stuff, but it does, you know, it does happen. No, I don't think, I don't think we're in for something imminent, but I do what I actually think the big giant thing that's happening. And I think like when you look at uh, the terrorist attacks and their investigations and iPhone hacks and all this kind of stuff, what they're looking at, what they're telling us is because of this terrorism that we cannot get a grip on, we need to have total surveillance. But if you look at their policies, their policies spread the terrorism <laughs> and they take out secular Arab leaders that spread that when the, these guys go down like Qaddafi Hussein and Assad and all these guys, when they go down there, their prisons open and all the terrorists get out. And refugees start spilling over the border. So our policies make these problems worse. Therefore, they're not looking for surveillance to solve that problem. They're using that problem, creating that problem, as an excuse to increase surveillance. The surveillance is the thing. And no huge stuff's going to happen until the surveillance state is fully in place. It's almost there, but not quite. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. I'm WSB's Clark Howard. Clark Howard. From Dunwoody to Douglasville. Washington to Woodstock. Whenever and wherever there's Air severe weather, a traffic red alert, or breaking news. The WSB 24-hour breaking news center will break in. Depend on it. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB, and I am here tonight uh, covering the post-primary, the uh, New York primary reaction, getting your reactions to what what this means. Uh, Trump's running away with it. Hillary's uh, got it in the bag. They're getting most... Trump's getting almost all the delegates, 89 delegates, but he still has to get 50 more to get to the convention uncontested. But I, I just got a, uh, a call from a guy named Mike, a little bit of a scary call. And uh, it was funny because two different people told me, Mark here in the studio, and uh, I got an email from Johnny that he was the Area 51 caller whose life was in danger, like uh, Art Bell famously had. I guess that's a famous, uh, so maybe Mike was pranking me and uh, trying to recreate this Art Bell feeling. And But what's funny, so people ask, you know, are libertarians, I get this question a lot why are libertarians open to conspiracy theories and I, i'm not in particular open to a conspiracy theory if you believe there is power in the world then how do you think that power is exercised do you think that every time these guys want to pull some strings they write you a you know an op-ed in the new york times yes they write op-eds in the new york times but it's not showing you their hand it's trying to get you to do what they want without showing you their hands that's a it that that takes more than one person usually so but but there are a lot of conspiracies that i really don't have my mind around uh and one of them is the alien thing although i did read a crazy story so mike's story sounded crazy before the break but this story was real if you've ever heard of this guy jeffrey allen lash he was dying of something. He said some poison the government gave him. He was working for the government. There was one report that he claimed to be an alien hybrid, but he definitely ate 
raw meat. <laughs> and uh, but what happened was he told his girlfriend that he was dying and he should she should leave him in his car and the government had come pick up his car and his body and they never came. So his body was there for like a week or two. This is out in California, I think, on the coastal highway. And when they found his body, the cops found his body, I think. And they so they went into his house and they found amphibious vehicles and piles and piles of weapons, hundreds of guns and stuff. But all of it was registered. So amphibious vehicles that go under the water and onto the land. Well, he had hundreds of registered guns in California. I mean, it is the craziest story. So I highly recommend that you look into that one before you dismiss every story that everybody comes up with as crazy. But I do think Mike was pranking me. And uh, that's okay. So there are, but there were kind of interesting things coming out of uh, New York. There were a lot of, of reports of problems voting, people taking off the roll. being taken off the voting rolls at one place they were told to just leave their ballots in a pile and they'd be fed into the machines later i mean you cannot make this stuff up when i tell you i don't believe in the voting it is an act of faith if you you should the burden of proof should be on the government they they have all the power they should have to prove to us that they are using it they're protecting our right to vote. I mean, we have a complete conflict of interests. The cronies, the incumbents, they all have an advantage and they have control. So what they need to do is let us follow our votes around so we can see them. There's an organization, VoterGA.org, in uh, in Georgia that that does a lot of work on just trying to keep the voting honest. Uh, so I, I highly recommend that. I am uh, going to go to Don in Marietta. Hi, Don. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Uh, I'm enjoying your show, driving home after working uh, pretty hard all day. Uh, a couple of the planks in the, in the Democratic platform that I've heard raised here recently um, is equal pay. And, uh, I mean, they're talking like equal pay for athletes and movie stars and everything. And I'm going... And I'm trying to think of the libertarian point of view because if the best, let's just say basketball player, the best female basketball player ever, would she generate the same amount of revenue as the best male basketball player ever? And how could you have equal pay? Because they're talking sports and movies and everything. Well, the classic libertarian position is that the arguments against that the reason people don't get equal pay is stuff like that. They don't add the value. They don't generate the revenue. They take more time off work. They have kids, stuff like that. I, I think there's even something more to it than that. That's probably true. I don't know. That's like a statistical question. It, in a free market, you couldn't possibly compete if there was a whole pool of qualified workers out there that you – uh, rejected because you were discriminating against them. So, so chick A is uh, as good as dude A, but you're only giving her 50 bucks, so she's not going to work for you. What is she going to do? She's going to find somebody else to work for. And if nobody will hire her because they're all just don't like women around, she's going to open her own business. And, uh, and someone asked me this question on the air once before, and I used this example. I used to live in Dallas, and I was an investment banker. And, it, and just kind of, there was a lot of 
discrimination against females down there. I mean, it was, it was kind of ridiculous. I mean, people would actually talk about it and just like, oh, don't apply there. This happens to me. Don't apply there. He doesn't like, he won't hire women. He doesn't like to have women professionals, <laughs> only secretaries, which stunk because it was the exact right place for me as far as my skill set went. But I, you know, it's his business. He's entitled to it. However, here's the thing. Uh, I was I worked in a bank and all these guys would play golf with each other and change exchange business around. Even that's okay. But if me and the other gals who literally got laid off, they had to lay three people off, they laid all the women off and there were no women left. If we could go and start a bank of our own, call it Chick Bank, we work harder for less. We would clean up that town. We would get all the money, all the business. But who controls the charters? The cronies. This is a traffic red alert from the WSB 24-hour traffic center. All lanes of 285 eastbound still shut down between Boulder Crest Road and Flat Shoals Road. That's due to that injury accident involving a tractor-trailer traffic still being diverted at Boulder Crest Road. I'll have another update at the top of the hour. So, Don, you got to tell me, what what do you think? I mean, don't you think that the, that government regulations or you tell me what you think i think government regulations barriers to entry licensing all that kind of stuff is a much greater uh that is the the dysfunction in the market that keeps people from getting a fair wage i, I agree uh, but uh, barriers to entry i think as far as sports concerned someday we will have i'm truly believe we will have a female players that make major league, male-dominated basketball, baseball teams. And when they do, even though they're not as as highly talented as the highest uh, baseball players, I think if, when they, they would generate more revenue just by breaking the barrier. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's like a different game with women, you know? I mean, it's a different, like, basketball and stuff. There isn't that dunking and everything. I don't think you could do it. Well, I've seen a commercial on TV that, that speculates the first that it shows uh, a woman pitcher on a major league baseball team. And I forget what company it is that, that shows it. But I really thought about that. I said, you know, that would generate just just more revenue just to be a, uh, to go see that. I think. Yeah, I think I think the other guys would have to all agree to have like X number of women. And for me, if if people compete, you know, female sports teams exist because they couldn't compete in the male ones. It exists for them. So if they could compete in the, on the male teams right now, I mean, for all I know, uh, the Hawks don't have a rule against women playing in their league. You know what I mean? It's just that no woman could ever actually qualify. And I remember having this problem. I've been talking about growing up in New York. I remember when in New York they had they wanted to have women firefighters and it was so clear what the answer was. That's completely fine. As long as they can drag that 150 pound dummy out of the burning building, of course, they should be able to be firefighters. If they can do the job, they should get the job. But but they couldn't. I mean, that was the thing is that they were lowering the standards and and actually, I always think that is a disservice, even when I was in banking or school or anywhere else where they were notorious, people were really well known for 
rolling out the red carpet for women, for having women's initiatives. I actually intentionally went to the firm that did not do that. So there were 40 associates hired and there were only two women and I was one of them. I intentionally went to that firm because I didn't want anyone to think that I was only there because I was a woman, that I was uh, smart for a chick and not actually smart and competent. So I think it's a disservice and maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the point. Maybe it's to prove that the hierarchy has a reason. You know what I mean? It would certainly make the other guys look superior. Anyway, what else you got, Don? What else you got? Oh, that was just my question for for tonight. I I, I just I'm running service calls and and, oh, and, good. and I'm, I'm well, thank, you. thank you for calling, Don. I do. I have to say, what I do a few times, quite often, is. I allow questions, ask the libertarian. So my show is on normally Saturday from three to six, although I am here again uh, Thursday, uh, filling in for Mark Aram from 10 to midnight. But I do uh, field calls if you want to ask me like what the libertarian thinks. Actually, I'll field calls about anything. But I get one of the uh, uh, questions I got. I get emails and stuff and I'll read them and tell you my answers. I got two funny emails back to back. One was... Uh, or comments on my blog. I can't remember where they came up. One was, how uh, how can you, a Ron Paul support, supporter, not support Trump, who's obviously the outsider, he's obviously the anti-establishment guy, you know, how could you not support Trump? And I, I had to say, I am a principled voter. I'm not a contrarian voter. I'm not just voting. I would actually have a position that it's wrong to vote the lesser of two evils. There were articles in the Wall Street Journal today saying, oh, Hillary's slogan is going to be the lesser of two evils if Trump wins. Like, that's what they're I mean, and that to me was the whole plot from the beginning. And then the other one was like almost the exact same thing. Monica, how could you, a constant, you know, someone who respects the Constitution, understands the law, blah, blah, blah. How can you not, you know, how can you be a cruise birther? <laughs> and I'm not a cruise birther. I just want to see the documents. I, I have no position on it. I just want to see the documents that he had to use to get his first U.S. passport. And there's, he, he absolutely should show those because we need to vet these Republicans before the general election. It just doesn't make sense not to. So I'm not a uh, I mean, the reason I don't support any of those guys is I'm a libertarian and I want real fiscal conservatism. I want real civil liberties. I want a dedication to the Bill of Rights. I do not want the surveillance state. I do not want the police state. And I want a very strong defense that is used only for uh, acts of physical aggression against us. Basically, invasions. <laughs> you know, that's it. So that's why I really can't support those people. I am not just looking for something different. And I would never vote for the lesser of two evils, which I think is is where, you know, where we're going to be yet again. And it never, ever works. But we can. <laughs> I have time for one more call. I'm going to, right after the break, I'm going to get to Paula if she'll hold on for a second. And I do continue this conversation all week long uh, on my website, MonicaPerezShow.com, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am.
I'm your libertarian voice on WSB. We are uh, wrapping it up. The looks like Trump's going to get almost all the delegates out of New York, and uh, and Hillary also just uh, crushed Bernie. I'm going to take one last call if Paul's around. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, maybe not. We finished this. Uh, I do continue this conversation all week long. I uh, tweet at Monica Perez Show. I follow back. I think it's only good etiquette. I use my Facebook and I answer all my posts and my website. I do put up the uh, my podcasts on usually right after the show. I'll put up this one. I had a great show last weekend that uh, was an Ask the Libertarian show. So you can always, if you ever have questions about, uh, you know, what does the libertarian think, write it, you know, send me an email or whatever. And every once in a while I'll do, or as soon as I have enough, I'll do a show. The problem is usually I only get to like four or five because so many people call with the questions. Anyway, my show's normally on Saturday from three to six. And, uh, but I am on again this Thursday from 10 to midnight. And I'm also on a panel on next Tuesday at 6.30 at the Hudson Grill. Uh, I'm going to be on a panel with two other guys. Um, Charles Cook, who wrote the book Conservatarian Manifesto. And uh, Greg Williams, the conservative. And I am the libertarian. And the I think uh, I have I will have read Cook's book by Tuesday. But the question is going to be about where kind of libertarians and... Uh, conservatives meet. And my my basic position about that is that libertarians and conservatives, traditional conservative voters, basically have the same principles. The difference is that the Republican voters are told by the party false narratives, false facts, not just the party, but the media on the left and the right, the government, what we think is the truth. If they tell you that that the terrorists are coming or refugees are coming and you're in danger, you can think of those wars as being uh, defensive. So you still have your principles of self-defense. You don't want to be aggressive, but you think of it as self-defense. Whereas Obama had tried to make those, uh, to make justification for war humanitarian. Like Hillary said, oh, well, Gaddafi's going to kill all his people. We have to save them. And then they proceeded, like a thousand people they said were in danger. Then they proceeded to drop like tens of thousands of bombs and destroy the country. That doesn't really hold water, especially, you know, with the right anyway. It might hold water with the left, but it doesn't hold water on the right. On the right, they have to lie to you to get you to do that stuff. As a, as a libertarian, I feel like there's very few cases where we really aren't, uh, we're really far apart once we agree on the facts. Anyway, I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. And you can uh, sign up for that. It's free uh, on my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. And I will continue this conversation all week long, but I will be actually back here on Thursday from 10 to midnight. This is Monica Perez. I'm 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.